a basketball recap episode of the Did You Hear podcast. I'm Emma Houghton. He's Pat Zhang. And Pat, the Cats are coming off of a 80-72 win over the Seton Hall Pirates. 2-0 on the season now against Seton Hall. And you and I feel differently about this game, so I'm excited to get into some of our, our lasting impressions after the 40 minutes ended. Yeah, 11-1 and one on the season now, still perfect in conference play at 6-0. and uh, An important road win for the Wildcats, but uh, yeah, it does seem like we interpret this game uh, a little differently. So I'll start by saying I truly don't think the score reflects Villanova's dominance. The final score was eight, an eight-point differential. I think the closest Seton Hall got it was uh, seven or six. six I, yeah, six, six sounds about right. Yeah, I, I was never nervous, really, that, that the Cats were going to let this one sneak away. I think that comes down to Seton Hall's lack of a really explosive score to that. Villanova's defense was excellent. I thought they completely eliminated the Pirates' biggest threat in Sandro Mamokilashvili. And I thought every single starter especially clicked incredibly well together. And you've got Cole Swider three off the bench and Brandon Slater's game-changing defense off the bench came together a perfect Villanova system win. Yeah, so how I look at it is I thought the first half was brilliant and that was just Villanova basketball to a T and it was you know fantastic, even only going in with the 10-point uh, lead at the break. But I just, this game kind of, how it ended just kind of leaves a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. I, I, I agree that I never thought they were going to lose this game. Uh, with, with how they were playing, but it should have been much more comfortable than this. And honestly, allowing 45 points in the second half is unacceptable and to be outscored in the second half yeah. as well. I, I thought it was a really poor showing in, in the second half from them. I understand they still put up 43 uh, offensively, just there were too many open looks for Seton Hall, especially to be able to get to the basket. Uh, the, the key, as you said, was that the defense was – Good on Mamo Kalashvili, which was very important, holding him to 4 or 15 shooting. The thing with this Seton Hall team, it's not the most talented Pirates team of the past couple of years. Uh, Mamu is a, is a very solid scoring talent, but otherwise, I, Shavar Reynolds is a really nice story from walk-on to, to senior leader for them, but the, there's not a lot of guys that really scare you or can carry the load. And so that's why I really am not happy with a, allowing 45 points in the second half. Yeah, so the thing is, I think in the last few minutes, there was literally, the last maybe minute, no defense because no, back and forth. was so scared of fouling that they literally just let Shavar Reynolds to the, to the rim every single time. But when you think about Mamu is, I think, the fifth highest scorer in Big East play, averages nearly 18 points a game. He had 12. Shavar Reynolds was the team high 13. Four out of the five scorers were in double digits but they were low double digits. So were you, you were discouraged more by Villanova's defense because they were, they were able to put up 45 points on offense. Is that what you were really nervous about? I I'm discouraged by the fact that they never put this game away the way it should have been that they allowed okay, Seton Hall uh, allowed a team that I don't look at as a very talented team to be able to hang in there. I, I think Villanova is levels above the Seton Hall team this year and I, in that way, I thought this was a disappointing second half. Yeah, Seton Hall certainly hung. They certainly hung around. It's what they, they do. Go away. It, yeah. It's what it's what the Pirates do. They always play Villanova tough. Uh, I, just with how 
as, as we were you know talking about during the game with how explosive I thought Nova looked in the first half, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just disappointed that, uh, that it didn't was more comfortable. I'll put it that way. So the one thing, finally, we saw a fast start payoff. <laughs> yeah, right. Finally. Finally. We talked about it enough. And finally, the players were like, all right, we'll just we'll just do it. But then the thing is, on the flip side, if Villanova hadn't started off as strong on offense, maybe this was one of those games. Mm-hmm where Seton Hall was able to put enough on late that the tides could have turned if Villanova wasn't as strong at the beginning. I see where you're coming from. I think maybe a big reason for that was that Jeremiah Robinson Earl went out of the game with four fouls at the 16 minute mark. He was out for 12 minutes of play because he accrued two fouls within 50 seconds right at the start of the second half. Yeah. So obviously on, on Jeremiah, not, not thrilled to, to pick up those two fouls so quickly. This is a little bit of a, a change in, in coaching philosophy or how I look at it. I really disagree with keeping one of your best guys out for that long. I say, trust the player uh, and send him out there. Obviously. Yes. You sit him down for a little bit with four fouls. I, I do not like sitting him for a 12 minute span. Yeah. To think uh, as, about the conditioning perspective. It just seems hard to get back into a rhythm after sitting for 12 minutes straight. I, I how I look at it is you're acting as if he fouled out but he doesn't, he still had another foul to give. So I, I don't, I just don't love that from, from Jay in this game. Um, I, I do understand, you know, you want to protect, protect him and not have him foul out, but if you act like he fouled out anyway, what's the point? Uh, but, but on Jeremiah though, this was great to see for how he played other than the four fouls. Cause as we talked about, hasn't gotten into a full on rhythm yet since coming back from the COVID break and then 23 points. I mean, the jump shot was really fluid today. Uh, he stepped out and hit a couple threes and, and played some solid defense interior wise against a, a very tough, very long Seton Hall team. So other than the fouls, I think you got to be pretty, pretty impressed with what you saw from Robinson Earl. I agree. The perfect from the free throw line as well. I think my difference of opinion there is that I expected Villanova to be in much more of a hole in the absence of Robinson Earl. Mm. And I still didn't feel like the game got away when he was sitting on the bench for that long. If anything, that was the time that Seton Hall would be able to exploit Nova. And they, they still didn't really, they mama was able to work a little bit more in the paint against guys like Dixon and Samuels instead of Robinson Earl, but it's still not like Seton Hall was really able to get anything together. And I really think that's because they don't have a prolific score. You're obviously not going to get the same type of production that you got from miles Powell from Jared Roden or Shavar Reynolds, but you still need a scorer on the perimeter Mamu's jump shot wasn't there today, whereas it was uh, last week when Nova played Seton Hall at home. But you need somebody else who can consistently hit shots and exploit that huge weakness Villanova had for those 12 minutes when their best, arguably offensive and defensive player was on the bench. Agreed. And to, to Villanova's credit, I think they did play very strong defense on Mamu, who is a very strong scorer for them. He just wasn't able to get anything going. And to your earlier point, I think Brandon Slater was a huge part of that. I, th- I thought watching Slater defensively today was just just really fantastic. With it was how a dream. He, he used it was a dream his, to watch yeah, With how he used his length, with how he continued to get his hands in passing lanes, he got called for a foul early on on what was a clean block uh, on Mamu. Uh, he, you know, he knocked balls away. It was, this is why you have Brandon Slater. You know, he's not going to give you much offensively in which he didn't, he didn't get on the score sheet, but defensively, I mean, his box outs, those don't show up in the score sheet. I was watching that for a ton of it. This was a really strong game for Slater. Yeah. And we mentioned 
in our last episode that dropped on Wednesday, our Villanova basketball midseason check-in, I explicitly said that I didn't think the bench was showing up for Villanova like I expected it would. And Slater did. Slater made an impact on the court today. Mm -hmm. He had some defensive possessions that literally shifted the momentum of this game. The one that I'm thinking about is when he knocked it away and then Colin Gillespie just went absolutely flying after that ball. In, in really, really close games, when we get closer to the tournament, those possessions matter. Those small momentum changers on defense really matter. And I was super happy to see Slater play like that today. I was too. And as you mentioned, Gillespie absolutely deserves a shout out today. I have a feeling was playing a little hobbled there, injured the ankle early in the, in yeah, the first Yeah, that was, first that was half. a little concerning. Didn't come out after it, which I thought was a little surprising, but so stayed out there. So I'm sure he's feeling it a little bit. Still finished with 11 points and 11 assists today, which was very, very impressive. And then what I saw as really the difference in this game and why Villanova was able to come away with the win 20 of 23 from the free throw line. Gillespie, yep. a perfect seven for seven. The The graphic flashed during the game on Fox. Villanova is the best free throw shooting team in the Big East. Mm-hmm. And to, it is a huge part of why you're able to grind out wins like this and going 20 of 23 from the line was absolutely massive for the Wildcats today. I still really don't think Villanova had to grind out this win. I, I yeah, really don't I, know if it ever got that close. I don't know. It did. Listen, they were there. That word. Yeah. They they were with if you're within six, I I under as I said, I didn't think they were going to lose this game. Yeah. But it never should have been that close for as long as it was. They let you're them right. hang around. You're right. But but I mean, going back to the the free throws and the assists, I wonder if this is Colin Gillespie's first career double double. I don't think so. But I, still I, eleven assists. But still, yes. Yeah. It, a, a, Great performance. He hasn't had many in his career. Uh, yeah. I, I think I'm remembering a game from last year where he did, uh, had a double-double, but this was a, a, an important performance from him. Villanova doesn't do anything better than the fundamentals. Yeah. They are such a well-oiled machine. They, they convert on points off of turnovers. They did really well on that in the first half. They are perfect from the free throw line. They assist almost all their shots come off assist they were really hot from three everything transition defense I thought was a little weak as the game went on but when I see those assist numbers when I see the free throw percentage I was impressed by their rebounding against some really big opponents like Mamu who's 6'11 and Ike Obiagu who's even taller I just I think when Villanova plays like that I, I I know you don't feel this way but I truly felt for the first time in a while against a serious opponent like Seton Hall. You can say that that Villanova played very well in the second half against Providence, but it's just not the same caliber of opponent. When Villanova plays like this for 40 minutes, yes, they dropped off in the second half, but I can see them keeping up with some of the big, big dogs in this conference and in the league. Yeah, I I for sure think Villanova is the the top dog in the Big East uh, with two big matchups against Creighton uh, coming up soon. And I do think that they'll be able to keep the pace with Gonzaga and Baylor. But as we've talked about, it's a it's a strange year in college basketball where it's kind of those the top two and Gonzaga and Baylor. And then I think Villanova is right there at number yeah. three. That's re- that's kind of been the hot topic of debate on all the shows. Yeah. Wondering how f- how far below teams like Villanova and Michigan and Houston, even they're mm-hmm. surging. How if these teams are going to be able to keep up against Baylor and Gonzaga? Really, it's it's <laughs> it's a tough matchup for anyone against those two teams. But I do think Villanova's within a shout. Yeah, and 
getting the second win over Seton Hall. I think this is the first time in five or six games that a Villanova Seton Hall matchup hasn't been decided by four points or this one was only six. So that's still pretty close, but this is a good momentum game. They go into three weaker opponents and St. John Xavier is no joke, but Mm -hmm. St. John's and DePaul before going to Creighton on the road. I think Villanova is still recovering from that layoff. They're getting into their groove now, Mm -hmm. and this is a big win over a Seton Hall team that isn't ranked, but is definitely better than their nine and eight record right now. Yeah. On a, on a positive note for it, they swept the pirates. It's always a tough thing to do. Always feels good as a Villanova fan to sweep Seton Hall. Um, So, and Anna was on the road as well. So there were definitely some, some good parts that came out of this game. Uh, as well but uh, important to get to 11 and 1 6 and 0 in the conference as we said and uh, who's your player of the game uh that's a good question I think I think I'm gonna go Jeremiah Robinson Earl yeah simply because his numbers pop off the page 23 points in 20 minutes that the, the shooting I don't think the paint presence was there as much again I say that every single game as much as I'd like it to but if he's able to be that effective from the floor that makes him one of the most lethal big men in the entire division one. Agreed. I, I think you got to go with Robinson Earl here as frustrating as it was that he was only to log the, uh, the 20 minutes with the four fouls. Right. You talk about efficiency there, as you said, 23 points, five boards in yep. those 20 minutes was a real difference maker while he was out there on the floor. And uh, one of the major reasons why Villanova is able to come away with the win. Yeah, I agree. And we, this was, this is always the Sandro Mamo Kiyoshvili game. And Villanova time. was able to, to limit him. And it was Jared Roden in the first game who got really, really hot. I think he had 17 points in the first half against Villanova last week. And they limited him today to 12 points in the entire game. So that was another big win for the Cats. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And they will be back in action on Wednesday night as scheduled, as I feel like we have to say after all of this, because we know how much things continue to change with the scheduling against St. John's on the road. But all right, that will do it for us and our recap episode. Uh, as I said, back at it next Wednesday um, for a recap, a double day for us, a recap as well as our normal episode setting up the Super Bowl. So, Emma, that's a wrap. <laughs>